This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. Yo, what's up, everybody? We're back. Post-America Podcast. It's been a little while because, you know, everybody's busy. But uh, today we got our friend, Cuz Joe. How you doing, baby? Richie, what's up, brother? You know, same old stuff. And uh, Yeah. I've been trying to get you <laughs> on for a while, but you've been dodging me. <laughs> How come? Yeah, nah, you know what it is? Yeah, it's just, yeah, you know that's not true. But just been busy, man, just living life, uh, trying to, like, keep saying what's going on. And it's like an information overload uh with the times we're in you know what i'm saying and uh you know it was a rough year for me you know my father passed away back in november so that took a little bit of a mental a mental uh stress on my brain i, I didn't you know plan on experiencing but uh you know things have uh kind of leveled out and uh back on track man springtime just trying to uh stay focused stay positive you know Good man, good. that's terrible about your dad. Very sorry about to hear that news. Yeah, it's okay. My father, he was a wild man. He lived a very good life. Uh, touched many people out here in New York, and uh, yeah, he went out his own way. So thanks for saying that. No, no, no doubt, man. No doubt. I always, you know, that happens to you know to all of us. And when I see it, and I see it happen to my friends, just like over the internet, and it's not really the uh, you know face to face communication. It's it's uh yeah it's rough. yeah it was I know you know they're going through you know it's, it's, to, it's hard. to go through that you know i had to deal with the whole uh covid situation thing you know what i'm saying so it was definitely made it made not that he didn't die from covid but he was positive for, th- for three months and because he died they put him down as a covid death <laughs> oh, but that's a whole nother story yeah it's yeah. crazy but um but uh yeah he had my father had major uh, uh issues chronic kidney kidney liver and heart issues just from growing up old school construction new york city you know uh they you know these guys drank old timers day and night driving these machines just you know he was an entrepreneur he ran nightclubs he ran businesses did a lot of things and then he lived out that exciting life took a toll on him. but uh you know but uh you know part of life we all lose our family members we go through times especially with this past thing and if anybody had family members that were sick unfortunately uh a lot of our friends had family that lost people so but uh there's brighter times ahead brother that's for that, sure that's, that's right that's right when you say he's like old school construction guy i remember early when i first joined the union years ago man yeah. drinking was was a big part of it and i mean right <sighs> on the job uh coffee break comes maybe a few guys don't return. Lunchtime comes, a good chance 50% of the guys don't come back because they, <laughs> they start drinking. On a Thursday, yeah. day, day, forget it. You might not yeah. see cats for a while. Uh, uh, my father, he, he would go to work with a thermos full with uh, uh, Jim Beam and OJ. Wow. <laughs> that was his, uh, yeah, he drove, uh, he was a spread, he drove everything. He was a spread operator, roll operator, great operator. He worked for the old time, old school uh, companies in Manhattan. He worked at the uh, the old World's Fair. He used to tell me stories about working. I remember the old fair story. They were clearing out the area to build it. And he was on the machine and pushing all this debris to clear it to start building this place. And they, and they can I curse? Yeah, man, whatever you want. Uh, okay. Well, I will make sure. So yeah. they... Uh, he told me, he said that he started moving these piles of crap around and next thing you know, they must have busted like a rat infested nest. And they said, he said thousands and thousands upon rats started running everywhere, jumping on him while he was on the machine. He's, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. He told me some crazy stories like that. And then, uh, yeah. So he was part of that whole old school vibe. And then, um, and then he started working out on the Island. And back then it was a lot of like, Road construction companies always they're run by like you know wannabe wise guys and shit like that so I, I i witnessed a lot of crazy shit just him being the black sheep and telling people to go f themselves and he got blacklisted for a year and 
some man. gangsters came to my house when I was a kid and tried to shake my dad down. I watched my dad beat the shit out of both of them. <laughs> I will never forget it. But anyway, yeah, he was an old school construction guy. And uh, that took a toll, man. All his guys would drink all day, Richie, all day. Just yeah. drink. That's, they wouldn't even eat. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's but, rough uh, on and you got into the yeah. you got into the construction work, but you went a different angle. You're an electrician, right? Yeah, yeah. I got my I'm licensed workers comp. I have all the I'm hundred percent legit. I was in a union for a long time, um, which I have a lot of love and respect for union ways. Um, but reality is, uh, you know, I wanted to be my own boss. So uh, I left after about sixteen years. I left the union and started my own business politics came in my old boss ended up all his contacts died and basically lost the account and he was like what do you want to do you want us to lay you off you want to just wait and i was like i'll wait and next thing you know within six months i had my license i had my business going <laughs> i was just like i want to be my own boss so yeah i'm gonna i got out of construction and uh became a like a mess electrician beautiful did you ever think about yep. going the route that your dad was in into that sort of construction work with the machinery yeah, and all that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like everybody, I think, not, well, from a lot of people I know when you're growing up, you bump heads with your father and your family and his issues. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a horrible life, but it wasn't perfect. So me and my dad bumped heads and I didn't want to do what he did just because I was like, fuck that. So mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of do my own thing. And uh, so I, got, I ended up working for for a guy who had a uh, who had like a side business and uh, I got hooked up with it and I just uh, I realized you know construction really wasn't going to be my thing I needed you know no 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 disrespect I just wanted to do a little bit more hands-on involved detailed work um, and uh, I loved working for this electrician I ended up really I liked the fear factor that you can get electrocuted <laughs> wow <laughs> you know and uh, I kind of dug it. It's kind of made it exciting a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, man. And one thing he told me was that, you know what? You're an electrician. He's like, I'll tell you one thing. You'll never be broke as long as you want to work. You always have money in your pocket. And, uh, and uh, much respect to this man. I won't mention his name because I don't know what he's up to today. But he uh, he set me on the right path. And you know, I provide for my family. And I've hired my friends. Uh, you know? So I love it. Great. Yeah. I work in, you know, I'm all over the place. So it's that's a great game changer. Game. The electricians, uh, they make good money. It's a very important job. You're very busy, like you said. And uh, their union, yeah. their union's a little different. I could see why you might have wanted to leave too, because they'd have that in New York City, that like involuntary furlough they have to do. Is that how it works? Yeah. Like that? Well, yeah, there's different issues. There's different reasons why I just didn't. You know, I, I'm not, I just, you know, I was never, if I was going to leave the company I was with, we were, I was there forever, my whole time in the union. So I didn't want to, they were going to go down because they lost their accounts. I didn't want to go and have to like be the blower guy in the poll. It's all politics. You've been there and you're the new yeah. guy. I'm not, I can't kiss any ass. So I, I was like, I didn't see it happening. And then honestly, I thought about getting older and I, I hated the fact that if I had to leave and go somewhere, I, I felt guilty and the boss made me feel guilty. If I wanted to go, go do something for my family or something, I felt like I don't want to live with that. Like make me feel like I'm fucking some type of bad person because I want to go do something other than work. That's important to me. And, uh, I just was like, you know what? I just studied for my tests, uh, the first license. Cause there's always, there's a bunch of licenses in New York you need for wherever you are. And I just took a shot at it. And I got it. And I was like, let's go. That's it. So, uh, you know, the hardcore thing, obviously, the shows and stuff was, you know, you know, never really a, a money thing for me. It's, it still isn't. It was more about just the love. But I'm very happy that I chose to be uh, what I am, you know. So, Yo, did I ever tell you how I got electrocuted on the job? <laughs> no, man. Look, he's still alive. That's good to hear. <laughs> Yo, listen, I was doing, I was dry packing, right? Which is basically... Uh, in the concrete union under I beams, if there's any space, we fill it with a certain kind of like grout that's real tight to fill that space. Yep. So I'm Got up on a ladder in the ceiling on this floor that just has been all demoed. Mm -hmm. And uh it's a big it's a, the you know, the GCs are like a turner structure. It's a big company, I forget. Yeah, my buddy was a big wicked turner. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you know they got a lot of jobs, they're by the book. Anyway, yep. there's like stuff hanging all over the place, you know, like wires, this, that. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking around and uh i'm off the ladder moving the ladder and i 
get thrown across the room, right? I thought somebody punched me. I was like, what the fuck? I'm all alone on this floor. I oh, look around, like, yeah. my hard hat's off, my arm is like shaking. Like oh, the shit. back of my arm touched one of these fucking things. Oh, like, you got want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I went flying like crazy, man. Like it Yo. Was, and then yeah. and then I was like, oh my God, like I don't want to leave this area because somebody else could like come run into this thing. But you know, I, <laughs> so then uh, wanted to do like a labor for the the GC walks by. I'm like, yo, go get your dude, like whoever's running, and he gets his, the GC dude. Yeah, like, this thing is live. I think <laughs> either that or somebody punched me. But so he calls the electricians, <laughs> and they yeah. they test the thing. They're like, holy shit! And it was like whatever number. It was like high level, and it, like, yeah, it like cut the back of my arm. Like there was like, yeah, a little man. cut on it. Yeah, could have been probably two seventy seven. You know that yeah. stuff is, is usually the case. You know, a lot these, of the these dudes were worried that I was going to sue too, like all day. Like, sit down. What do you need? Calling me like weeks <laughs> afterwards, like different people and interviewing me. Oh, 90 percent of the people would have sued, so that I could see why. I mean, everybody sues today, right? I mean, almost everybody. You know. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess so. You know, yeah, you're lucky to be alive, man. It's a very, um, you know, you, you know, people take it take it lightly, but you know. You know, I've gotten lucky a few times. You just kind of like, you know, you, you could try to you try to work safe. You should always try to work safe. You know, yeah, yeah. And but uh, sometimes shit happens, man. You know, I've been uh, I've had a couple of scares. It's crazy you see out there. There's people that hire like uh, you know a carpenter or a painter will be doing electrical work. Some people it's uh, crazy, but you know, gotta know what you're doing. You know, yeah, yeah. It's an important gig. It's important, yeah. but let's go back. All right, so you're this, this you're an electrician now. Anybody needs work, they know who to call. But what's the deal with the hardcore connection? How's how's a guy like you get involved with that? Yeah, well, my family's from Brooklyn, so obviously, uh, some of my roots are my family's. I got family in Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, everywhere. But um, you know, my cousin. I'll make a long story short. My cousin Frankie. Uh, you know, we started becoming really close when we were about 12 years old and we were two little troublemakers, he was more of a hip hop guy. And I like punk and hardcore. I had three lace docks, you know, I was like 13 years old, you know, and he came into me. Right. And then, uh, he was like, uh, yo, you like dress kind of like similar. This is the same shit as my boy does. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, who? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I got you to meet him. So make a long story short, his boy from the neighborhood mm. is Sean Dixon. Mm. SD. We call him. So uh, we just hooked up. I mean, I've been, you know, my, my childhood friends of mine. I grew up with skateboarders, punk rock, skinheads, you know. So, but, you know, as far as getting deep into the root of the of the New York City part of it, like the, the tight New York hardcore family was through, you know, through, through the neighborhood. <laughs> That's it, you know. And then uh, SD lived, uh, his uh, his girlfriend, as we got older, became Rachel, which was Pamati Pasta's sister. Uh, Minus was always at that. You know, we all just hang out my ass, sob, and they all come to the house and fucking party. And that's wow. just really, uh, I got into it. Just, you know, what happened was my Long Island side, you know, as a kid living on Long Island, you know, because yeah. that's where I ended up. And uh, I was lucky to go to a school where where I had kids in the school that were very big, big at the hardcore punk going to the city all the time. You know, I had dudes with Mohawks in my school. Back then I had crushes on all the, all the goth chicks, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, part of that. And then, uh, you know, I was part of like the uh, kind of part of the rough crowd in school. I was, not, I was never a bully in my life, but, you know, I like to get dirty once in a while and, and, and you know, scrap it up. But the uh, uh, I was lucky because these kids that were older than me, they were really heavily involved, like even in like art and like class. I don't even know what class it was like. You would like take like make a logo and put on a T-shirt. I'll never forget being like junior high school and. I was like, yo, this logo would look dope on a fucking t-shirt. And it was the no for an answer circle with the guy with the fucking, he's got the body in the middle of the circle. Yeah. Um, no, no. Uh, what's the name of the album? Fuck, I can't do it right now. Um, uh, but anyway, it was no for an answer logo. And I took that shit and I put it on like a light box, cut it out with an exacto knife, put it on a t-shirt. We were making hardcore t-shirts for ourselves back in junior high school. That's cool. And uh, yeah, and there was a radio station back on Long Island. Which uh, when I would get in trouble, I'd be locked in my room for a week. <laughs> there would always be Tuesday night. There'd be a radio station on called Turmoil. It was at Stony Brook College, uh, which is an FM radio station out here, and it was it was wild because so many great bands I heard. I mean, it's so as a, being a young kid and growing up, 
basically becoming friends with everybody I was listening to, which makes it even weirder, you know, and, you know, it just happened. I didn't even like ask for it. It just, it just all came. It was all like meant to be, you know, mm. I was meant to just walk this path of whatever I was going to do involved with hardcore, you know, and I never thought of myself as anybody important as far as anything. I just loved what I loved the music, you know? So I fucking, this radio station just, it changed my life too. Cause I found out so many bands I never knew, you know, I got, people laugh when I say this because some people hate them, but I got into the toy dolls. I used to, I, I still love them, but when I was a kid, I loved the toy dolls. Yeah. <laughs> I just, something about the voice, the wakey, wakey, you know, reggae, and all that <laughs> shit. I just, I, I loved this like creepy, like that voice was kind of eerie to me, but I loved it. And then, uh, you know, that's, it just grew from there, man, just hanging out. And then, uh, you know, went from there. And what else did we do? I just, I don't remember exactly how it happened doing shows at CBs. I think like Brent, then and things were kind of quieted down at CB's. I was doing all these small shows at like one six nine bar, Manitoba's, you know, these all like weird little odds and end places. And then somehow, I think Brendan from SFA, I think he actually is the one who said, "Cuz you want to do shows?" And I was like, "Fuck it." So I was doing some shows in Long Island, a couple of small things, but I was like, "Yeah, I'll do, uh, I'll do it." And then I started booking shows at CB's, just hanging out just hanging out. It wasn't like I even thought about it. I was like, ah, you want to play? I fucking just book bands, throw friends, just call whoever. Yeah, it was kind of like Do you remember funny. the first show you did at CB's or not? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. It wasn't like a shit. For years now, right? It's well, been like it, it wasn't like a shitload. I didn't do half as many as the other guys like Tyler and Rich Hall. I didn't do like a, like a lot. But I did a bunch. I just, I, I want to say the first one I ever did Shit, I can't even think of it. One of my favorite ones I ever did was the Bulldoze Underdog Billy Club Sandwich. Uh, That's dope. That's that was a pretty, that was like Underdog's first show back in New York after a while. That was crazy. And Bulldoze, of course, there was a big fight outside and people got beat up and ran down. It was just like an old school type of vibe, you know? <laughs> it was just, yeah, Bulldoze. Was, what do you think uh, about, what, is Bulldoze like one of the most, like, infamous violent related bands that come out into the new york hardcore scene like when i think about it it might be them you know what i gotta say i mean listen you know listen kev he's a fucking big juice intimidating guy you know back when he was younger he was a little a little even more a little uh all fly off the handle a little bit you know yeah, things totally. happened i'm sure people people saw shit happen that probably scared them and 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 rightfully so uh yeah i mean they definitely I, you know, I honestly never really liked in my heart that like like a beat down type of pit, like mosh pit. Like I'm not into like blood punching people. Yeah, people used to fuck each other up out here, and 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 it would come from a show in the city and out to Long Island. It just it was pretty brutal. It was brutal for a while. It's cupcake walk down, you know, because everyone's got video cameras and phones and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just remember just but, so much uh, wildness around bulldoze. You know? Yeah, and even yeah, not yeah, even that, band related, but just the the crowd itself and oh, the expectations. Well, people, yeah, that well, damn. I mean, think about it. I mean, you go there, yeah. That you, as soon as that riff starts, you got that chill in your spine. Like you know, here it goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you know, and Kev, Kev, you know, you know, to keep it simple, Kev had a good stage presence with that band, and and he had great band members too. So it wasn't like they couldn't play. Yeah, a lot of maybe there's some of the riffs. I'm not a musician, but some people say some of the riffs are very easy, you know. But the way the whole listen, man, you know, hardcore punk rock music, you know, the chemistry of what was going on, uh, you know, no matter a lot of these bands, no matter what angle of of the scene it was, beat down, melodic, or whatever, the chemistry was really, really like. I give credit to all my friends and all styles of hardcore and punk bands. I mean, it, 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 we're really blessed to have so many awesome bands. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's so cool, all you guys out bands. there. Yo, man, I'm fucking, I'm honored. I'm so thankful that I found punk and hardcore music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I love all music. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm from New York, so we grew up hip hop, Guido music. We listened to it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, old school fifties, but man, like I'm very blessed to have, you know, all you guys, even my friends I've met later in life, like you and like Wisdom and Chains, man. Like, fuck, like they're one of my all time favorite bands, you know? Wow, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. years ago, it was the first time I heard of Cuz Joe, right? Years ago. 
and it was a, a guy I know that he's been on this podcast, but he had a black eye, right? This guy had a black eye. And I said, what happened to him? And I say, oh, somebody said, oh, cuz punched him in the fucking eye. I said, oh, shit, really? Who's that? I didn't know you at the time. This was years and years ago. <laughs> I'll tell you the guy's name off, uh, you know, off the thing, but not that, you know, but it was so long. But then I, I lost like, you. I lost you for I lost you for a second. Oh, you did? Oh, shit. Yeah, there's there's been a bad connection. I'm going to try to fix some stuff in editing. If Hold you, on. So, yeah, I heard you say something about a black eye guy. I don't okay, know. Okay. So that, yeah, that's what happened like years and years ago. The first time I heard your name, a guy I know that was on the podcast, right? Yeah. I, see, I seen him walking around. He had a big black eye. I said, what happened? What happened? Oh, he got hit by Cousin Joe. And I said, who's that? And it was and it was like, oh, that guy. And I think you were around or somebody pointed you out maybe days later. But I'll tell you the guy's name off, uh, you know, when we're, when we're not doing a podcast. You know what I'm saying? But that's the first time. <laughs> I heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, you, well, I mean, you know, it's funny. I kind of like, you know, I'm sure it was probably warranted, you know, because this guy at the time, <laughs> this guy at the time, was a very <laughs> aggravating guy when he was drunk. That's for sure. So I'm sure. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I'm, 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 I hate fucking bullies. So yeah, me too. No, was, you're not a bully at all. You, you're very like inclusive. I like the way you do your shows and. The, the vibe you try to push out there it's, it's always cool you know it's 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 why you know i i will just my location from new jersey moved out to here still like you know new york is closer to me than philadelphia right so it's always it's always been the place that i go to the most anyway yeah and i, I always like the vibe shows in new york it seems like it's a more diverse you know you got the younger the older you got punk element you got uh you know, d d different, like, you know, even metalheads will, will chime in there, show up at the shows. It's New York City. Where a yes. lot of other areas, it's just, it's, you know, it's the hardcore kids. Nothing wrong with that, but it could be a judgment. Yeah, crowd, I got, you know? yeah, I love it. I think we're blessed to have so many different types of, you know, scenes. I mean, and I don't ever like to sound like I'm, you know, you know, bragging, but I mean, it ain't nothing like New York. <laughs> there's nothing like it. So yeah. it's, it's even in today's age, it's just, there's nothing like it. But, you know, I was blessed and, to be part of, uh, you know, to be part of it out here, and, uh, you know, the listen, it, it kind of molds your life. You know I mean? I, I, I kind of go both ways. Like, it's kind of like it was meant to be, you know, like Richie, like, think about it. Like, you, you know, you, do you feel kind of like punk and hardcore found you as much as you found it? Right. I mean, yes, yes. It's, it's just really how it happened, you know? So totally, totally. Yeah. Now you, you talk about New York and New York has this, incredible history but do you feel there will be another like new york hardcore band that can get to the level of the the like the the cornerstone bands murphy's law agnostic front sick of it all will there be another from one of the boroughs from manhattan is that done or will it happen again you think I, I'm all about being positive and I want things to be like that, but I have, it's hard for me to see that happening again right now. I think, uh, oh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I just feel like with the way things are today with the internet, social media, uh, everybody attached to their phone, I think it's going to be almost impossible. I hate to say it. Uh, you know, I think that no one's living life like we used to live it and I'm not even that old. I'm like on the cusp, but I just feel like what's going on today with uh, everybody having their head down all the time and not focusing on communicating with each other in person. And, you know, the fact that everybody has a fucking important opinion because they have an internet fucking connection, I think it's kind of ruined a lot of things. Uh, now, you know, is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? I don't think so. You know, that's my opinion, you know, to be honest. But if we look, um, if we look at the I don't Long think Island scene. Today, I don't think they were, well, Long Island scene, like who though? Like, well, what do you mean? Like the Long Island scene kind of got like, it's got a lot of like great younger bands. Not, I mean, bands have been around for years now, but you know, newer generation bands. But that's, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you kill, like, King Nine, Incendiary, those are like younger bands to me, but those guys are still kind of, they're not young, young. I mean, yeah. They're, and even those guys are kind of, they're still kind of on the end of the cusp of being so attached to their phones as much. Like they were like, not, not you know, every, every five years that go by, people are that much more 
brainwashed and, and indoctrinated. You know, I feel like that's what I think. It just gets worse. I think we need some kind of some kind of mental revolution. You know, in a way, to people to really snap out of the funk we're in, because I feel like that it, we're losing a lot of the artsy cultural side of of i don't want to say artsy like corny but like you get what i'm saying musically uh, involved and connected to this to the underground i feel like the more and more we allow this to happen the underground will will be less and less that's important you know the underground yeah. you know yeah i think that's so. that's it like what the uh what the constant attachment to the internet does is kind of just has people following the the popular narrative of the time which is kind of something that we never did in the past. I was never concerned with like even the radio. I, when I was younger and just strictly hardcore, I didn't turn the radio on. I didn't know who had a number one hit. I didn't know who was winning a Grammy or a fucking whatever they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Now I talk to yep. like young bands and they're like, they're talking to me about, you know, I remember the first time it happened. I was on tour with Trapped Under Ice and they were talking to me about somebody called Paramore. And I was just like, I didn't even know what that was. I, didn't, I honestly didn't know what it was, like, like a group, a person. And then I was like, wow, the younger dudes are like into radio stuff, which I was like, just never cared about. And then now it's just, yeah, it's just, there's not much difference between a very young person in the hardcore scene and a, a very young person you may work with as far as what they believe, you know, there's. Yeah. Yeah. No and, and it's what's crazy, you know? And Richie, I don't know if you noticed it, but you, I mean, listen, I don't want to sound like the older guy talking about the younger kids, but I guess it's, it's true. It's like when you're, when the ingredients change, when the ingredients in the air changes, it changes everything. So like the, the things people are doing today is nothing even close or remote to what we were doing. So, yeah. and that could be a good thing in a lot of ways. Cause I meet kids, I meet kids that are, I'm talking 19, 18, that I could feel it. Like they still, like they got it. Like there is some out there, but I feel like the chances are a lot less. And I hope that, I hope people realize, you know, <laughs> I could talk for hours about this, but I feel like I, I hope kids start to realize the, um, the negative effect it's having on the creativeness of uh, and the living life side of it uh, just my i mean you know it's it's definitely if to say it's not going to make things different hugely is is a lie so you know yeah so. no i understand what you're saying and it makes sense yeah you know yeah yeah you know so that's that's where we're at but uh kids out there need and maybe this whole fucking pandemic thing whatever we're going through I'm hoping people out there write music, you know? I mean, if you if you guys got bands, I pray to God people write music right now like crazy because there's a lot of shit to write about. <laughs> yeah. And so, there's a lot of free time. Yeah. This is the time. I, from the right. I said that from day 1 when they said shut down, I said shut down. Nah, fuck that. Like I'm not shutting down, but then what am I limited to what they offer? So I can record, I can write, and I, you know, since this shut down, I went to Baltimore, I went to Charlotte, I went to Detroit, Chicago, you know, DC, uh, Boston, uh, New York all the time, Philly. Like I, you're not going to stop me from going out and doing my thing, but the problem is what is offered? What can I really do? But I still show up, you know what I'm saying? The shit might be closed down, but I'm showing up. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I know a lot of people that have been, been traveling around and doing that thing. I, I a friend of mine's mother, she traveled the country during the whole pandemic. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's what I was saying. You know, I was like, yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Like get so, you know, if you, especially if you got like involuntary like laid off and you weren't planning on it, then they're throwing money at you. Yeah. Fuck it. Take their money and fucking go do what you want to do. And then yeah. you know, we're limited to what you know we we could think whatever we want. We could act and we could be, but it's kind of like we're still at the mercy. <clears throat> it kind of sucks. Yeah. It's a it's a very trying time. And uh and I'm unfortunately and I mean who like I said, my opinion means shit, but I'm highly disappointed in a lot of people's behaviors during this whole time and and uh and their and their mindset and where where their loyalty lies. And yeah. uh, you know, I hope <laughs> it's, it's been a little uh I don't know, you know, it's been a little bit eye wake uh, uh you know, eye opening to see you know, you see how people move during these times. I mean, um, obviously, uh, some people are quieter than others, but, uh, you know, the ones that have been out there writing music, doing their band thing, hustling, doing it, you know, the ones that are, uh, you know, just kind of hibernating by themselves, scared to leave their house, you know. Yeah. Uh, or this is the worst. Might this is worse. All right, if you're officially 
and <coughs> authentically nervous about potentially getting sick and you don't want to leave okay respect but if you don't feel that it's an actual thing a threat and you you know feel like there's an over exaggeration from the powers that be but then you played a role to to the public that you're on that page and privately you're like ah it's all bullshit ah but then publicly you see the person being like everyone be safe out there don't break you know then i like oh come on on. yeah that ain't me yeah that's different that's that's different (laughs) shit like you know yeah yeah i like to be in the middle as much as i can because i think that's where usually the the truth is yeah and i know they have no respect for the the potential effects of the pandemic but publicly act like they do then i'm like ah whack <laughs> yeah it's listen man this is a very trying time we're going through people people some people don't realize it some people do but you know what are we gonna do you know this is, and this is something like you know people don't want to talk about but it's like it's the, how you do how do you not talk about what's going on right now if you question if you know the whole you know, not listening to what you're told on the news makes you crazy and you're a conspiracy theorist. I want to puke when I hear that because I'm like, these pussy motherfuckers, like, is that really you fell for that? Like, just because you're not listening to the news, it means that. And like you said, I'm not saying everything I believe is right or wrong, but it's not black and white. You're not right. And I'm not and I'm not, you know, totally right. But the truth is in the middle somewhere, you yeah. know, like we got to come to an agreement where like, you know, this. if you don't think there's questions to be asked, at all man that's a weird i, don't know. I got weird, questions yeah. i got yeah i got questions for you buddy <laughs> you know what I'm i, I ask like, every time i have go. every time i have someone from a band on here i do ask them if you are now approached in these times to play a show are you willing to do it and sometimes i feel bad asking because i don't want to blow up anybody's spot you know what i'm saying but it's a <laughs> it's a legit it's question it's a legit question and me <laughs> myself <laughs> I'm willing. Like I said from day one, I'm willing. Like if I, if, if before this pandemic, my band to cho- chose to play in a dilapidated building that was condemned and something happens, people wouldn't hold it against me and say, that's a dangerous thing you did. They'd act like it was cool that I played under those circumstances with that risk. But now it's a whole different thing. It's kind of like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, you could, you could be upset that we would make that choice, but I just don't give a fuck. Like, I just don't care like that. You know, listen, if we, uh, my opinion is, I mean, listen, the people that made this human race as, get as far as it did, you know, uh, like I said, the, it's such a weird balance of like what's true and what's not. But if you're out there saying that everything you're hearing is right and everything everyone else is hearing is wrong, then you're part of the problem. It's, you know, it, 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 everyone listens. We're human beings. We're on this planet. You know, we all have our own souls and and minds and bodies we try to connect to get through life, right? So you can't really tell somebody else what to believe or think. And I respect that. You know, uh, I respect yeah, yeah. that, you know, totally. You know, but when you start, you know, telling me what I need to do for you, then we have an issue. So, you know, like, <laughs> let's be real. I know some real, real cool guys and they're really thorough and smart, but the biggest fucking pussies in the world and they make decisions based upon fear you know and uh, i've never been known to do that so but you know uh you know i was you know i respect people but uh it's time we're at a time now where we need to start moving forward and um you know and getting the ball rolling that's what i say i say during this whole pandemic issue you can't find me one person right or left state local or federal level that played this thing right if you ask me they, they all <laughs> I mean, fucked up they all got to go some might be a little better than others some are really horrible but they all sucked all of them like, thank you. The that's, what, that's what i'm saying and it, to me like you know i'm not telling people what definition of hardcore and punk is i i try to i have my 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 gut and what my soul feels it means to me and most people that i know because a lot of my people i know agree with me you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's time, you know, you gotta, you gotta move forward and, and, and this is it. I mean, if you, if you, if you're a punk and hardcore person and you're focusing on a Democrat or Republican, as far as I'm concerned, you're fucking, yeah, you're, you're fucking stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> you're fucking moron. So yeah, I don't I, like growing up, like, what are you talking about? Whoever in the world, I, 
I don't know. Like maybe there are people who are just to me, after all we know, after all we know about all these sons of sons of son of a guns, after all we know, we're really gonna listen to any of them. <laughs> like, get out of here. You gotta be I don't know what it is. It just that ain't for me, man. You yeah, know, and it's I don't like, know. you know, so before this the pandemic, we had like this a big portion of the scene, pretty big, significant became like yeah. Trump groupies. Like they loved this fucking guy <laughs> so much. And I did not get it because I don't like, uh, you should never, you should never be like that with a politician, a politician. I know. Like, you you yeah, do this, you do that. You shut up, you work. You, you don't, you don't fuck. Yo. You don't worship them. Like, like, you know, like yeah. when Roger, when Roger comes to town, then I worship a dude. That's the, that's the OG love Roger. <laughs> Trump like Roger. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not Richie, a rock star. It's a politician. Yeah. No, I grew up in New York. I fucking know about Trump. He's been a scandalous swindler since he was out here. You know, totally, so totally. and he's you got from, you guys I knew about this that love. Yeah. It, it's very weird. Then it's, all of a sudden, it's weird. People hate him so much, and I can see why he's very hateable. But then they start talking about a guy like Biden, like he was ever a, a good man. Like I'm sure he had good things, yeah. and Trump had good things. They did on personal level. People that know him personally, they did nice things. I'm sure, but to, like to be supportive and like a fan of a politician is so far beyond me. For anyone within the scene, it's it's mind blowing because we hated the rock star mentality itself. So never mind showing up to chant and cheer or put up a sign or wear clothing from a politician. Yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah, well, we're caught in a really, really, really tough time because to me, it's actually corny if you fucking really follow any of these jerks that are trying to be yes. in charge of your lives. Corny is a perfect word. But, you know, what do we do? That we're at a point where these guys are affecting our lives. People could say, what are you going to do? You're not going to change anything. Yeah, we're not. Listen, divide and conquer has always been the key. Any smart person knows that. If you don't know that by now, then you're you're just falling for the show. And the show is going to continue for as long as they can do it. So, you know, and that's just all these people. Because by the time you get into position in the fucking politics of anywhere, you're already been fucking, you're already, your, your original focus, if you even were a good person, by that point has been altered by obviously, you know, money, we all know this already. So what do we do? Punk rock, hardcore kids don't want people. Do you want them to be political or not? I, I, yeah, you kind of today, it's kind of like a catch 22. What do we do? You know, what do you tell kids today? What you want to do? I want to see everybody agree on one thing in this world and focus on that. What could it be that would help get things better for everybody? One thing that both sides agree on. Guess what? It'll probably never happen because it's not meant to happen. The people in charge, and you could say I sound conspiracy or not, but if you know what the fuck's going on, the people that are really calling the shots, the big money people, they're, it's hard for the real, 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 pro I feel like progress to happen. It's always just one side or the other. It's crazy. So yeah. what do we do? I don't have the answer, but I'll tell you what, listening to these people on either side is not the answer. So, I mean, you even, you know, people, I argue people all the time that they don't believe scientists could be corrupt. What are you kidding me? There's evidence for fucking 60 years of shit being <laughs> corrupt. Well, I mean, we we had scientists telling us that smoking was not unhealthy when you smoking know? was very powerful. Power, you know, when the, the, the smoking lobby was very powerful, they said it was safe yes. for you. Why would they do you know, that? Money. Yeah. Yeah. My mother smoked actually. My mother smoked with almost like all my sisters. I think with me, I was, I'm the first, I was the only kid that she didn't smoke. Luckily, there were no issues. But, you know, <clears throat> my mom got COVID. She actually said she got the issues from COVID worse because she used to be a smoker. So, you know, but uh, she's fine now, luckily. But she's 73 years old. She, she's crazy. <laughs> she got through it. But, you know, it's a tough time. Like I said, I don't, you know, I hate to sound like I'm being political, but these sons of these pain in the asses, these scumbags are, are, are affecting all of our lives. And I hate to see people arguing. I try not to argue with people, but it would, you know, the reality is uh, what's going on today. There's a lot to write about. And uh, my opinion is like I said, it's mine only, but um, you know, if you're following any type of politician, like some type of, uh, some type of messiah. To me, that shit is corny, man. <laughs> Fuck all of them. Fuck all of them. Yeah, I'll put us down with them. I'll put it's, us down with it them. It was supposed to be us against them, not yeah. like us split and us with some of them and the rest of us with the other of them. <laughs> Fuck all of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, I get people like Trump and for whatever weird reason, but fuck Trump. You know, I, I, I also I fuck them all. Right, fuck That's them all, right. man. Finny stigma. That's it. That's right. I want to see stigma. <laughs> now, now check this out. All right, we're going crazy. You're getting me so crazy. I'm going to break yeah, the computer. Let's go. Let's go to the B and B Bowl, and let's talk about <sighs> your involvement with that historically. Like, how many have you done so far? Yeah. Well, basically. You know, I was doing this, doing just hanging out downtown every night of my life with everybody chilling out. You know, when I was really young, I couldn't really do it because my father owned the business and I worked for my father. So on weekends, if I didn't work for my father, I would get my head kicked in. So, uh-huh. uh, but I would started to get, I started to get out more and do all the shows. And then, you know, we started doing these shows and they were getting, you know, kind of busy and busier than I was out one night. And I mentioned it to a couple people at Manitoba. So I was like, yeah, I'm like, why don't we bring the Super Bowl back to New York? And then basically dudes are like, do it. <laughs> so that was it. They said, do it. And I just started putting the wheels in motion. And then, uh, you know, I did it. I got, you know, obviously Freddie's one of my closest friends. So I was like, yeah, I figured I'm just, I'm just a dude. You know, people don't really know me. I don't know. I maybe, uh, you know, I just, I'm a New York guy. I do my thing. I have a, I have a good way of dealing with people, but I was like, if I could get someone involved that's in a band to maybe make things a little smoother as far as the show side. Mm-hmm. So I asked my brother, Freddie, and me and Freddie teamed up. And uh, it just, you know, took off, man. We just started doing, we knew CBs was closing, so we needed to do something, you know. Uh, you know, and uh, I was, you know, just want to get something for the younger kids to do stuff, you know, like to be able to go to a show again. I mean, my, my whole time ever going to CBGBs, all I did was sneak people. I hate to say it. I always snuck kids in. I couldn't get in. Cause I was like, it bothered me. You know, they couldn't get in, yeah. you know, like, you know, which is funny because when I started doing shows, people started sneaking people in, <laughs> I would get pissed, but, but I, I normally, I know, I, I normally, I normally wouldn't, I would be like mad for a second. And I'd be like, all right, you know, whatever. Like, they want to see the show. I remember where I came from, but the, uh, you know, it just kind of took off, man. And yo, thanks. Like I said, if no one was coming, we wouldn't be doing it. And it, it got tough after a while because of course, you know, got, you know, much respect to Joe. He does the, uh, this is hardcore, but he went and there was like, I think they started the same year. I started doing the bowl. He started doing like after me, he started doing this is hardcore. So it was like us doing our thing and which was working out because we made it work. And then everywhere started, fest started popping up everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. It was like a little bit ridiculous. So that kind of annoyed doing the black and blue thing for a while. It's kind of like kids got spoiled, you know, I feel like. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, but and like the other side of me said, you know, hardcore and punk, you know, the more the, mer- the more the merrier, you know, um, as, long, as long as the right people are doing it. I guess, but uh, it's crazy how much time flies, and and here we are. It's been almost over a year. We had to postpone this year's show, sold out in three days, and of course, we haven't been able to do the do the show. So that's been a little frustrating. I know, I know. It's been that was some line. It it sucks. Yeah, well, everybody's on board. No one's no bands. All the bands are like, "Yo, cuz when you guys when we could do it, we're all in." So beautiful, you know. And and we've really nobody's asked for a refund. A few kids hit me up about it. And by the way, if you do want a refund for some reason, I, I mean, obviously you've been waiting this long. You got to go through the place you purchase the tickets. B and B, like myself and Freddie, we don't deal with the ticket money uh, as far as when you buy this stuff. You know, obviously when the show's over, we get it to disperse to everybody in the bands. Are- not but you know if you got to get a refund you go through where you bought the ticket me and people hit me up a black and blue asking me i'm like i can't help you but most people are just holding their tickets because they want to go to the show so you know that's you know unfortunately reality is nothing big indoors at 2000 plus people is happening i don't think till 2022 wow that's that's bad news uh so we'll see when they want to let us <laughs> yeah, I want to. Can I throw up when they want to let us do indoor shows? But uh, people are, are like saying, "Oh, August." I've been told 2022. So you mm-hmm. know, uh, that's it. Yeah. So in New York, at least, hopefully it changes. I don't know. I mean, yeah. every you know, if the vaccine works, we should be good. I mean, we have uh, we had a show <laughs> that was booked in New York before the pandemic at uh, what's it called, like poison rouge or something like that uh on bleaker street La poison, yeah La poison rouge yeah uh-huh yeah that was we had something booked there with h2o and then it was canceled 
And now they say it's on for October. So I don't know if it's going to legit go down, but I, I yeah, well, these, well, that's a, that there, there's no, that's not just, that's just, that's just hoping. Uh, yeah. That's what I figured. That's wishful thinking right now. And I hope it's true, but you know, uh, hopefully things change and, it, and, and, and it's the way it is. But right now it's, it's just going to be maybe outdoor events for now. We got some plans, you know, obviously in the works. So, uh, you know, We'll see yeah. uh, what's. <laughs> well, let me ask we'll see you this. what's going on. What yeah. during all the all your your events you put together, all the the black and blue bowls, the Super Bowls. What's a highlight for you? Anything in particular? There's, it's hard to say one particular. There's been so many. I mean, <laughs> probably the first 2005 hardcore. Anybody who traveled to that, that was people across the country. Like when it wasn't being done as much in a long time. That was pretty crazy. That was probably a highlight of course and of course the judge reunion i mean the fact that uh you know our boy mike you know uh, you know it was a very such a crazy emotional uh weird way i'm trying to think of what the right words but it was just really an amazing experience that whole thing coming together um if it wasn't for the energy and the family vibe of New York and people involved with, you know, our brother Mike and guys just, you know, just, it all just came together so beautifully. <laughs> it really was. And the fact that that happened, you know, for the first time at Webster Hall, the old Ritz was absolutely fucking mind blowing. I don't, yeah, you know, yeah, you, so I mean, you could, you could say you could, you could say you went to any other show after that, but if you weren't at Webster Hall for the first show, you weren't at shit. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that 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 set Yo. was incredible. The whole vibe was incredible. The sound, <sighs> like the, the the drums were EQ just right where they had like that reverb from the album kind of vibe. And uh, it was, it such was a, crazy. So yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't even know because I'm not, you know, I'm not big on like getting myself on the internet and trying to make it seem like. You know, I don't know. I just not my thing. I'm just more to myself, like you said. But there, we have a Vimeo page for Black and Blue. You can just search it, and it's like most amazing quality footage and sound that you could watch. The set from Judge Kill Your Idols that weekend. There's a that whole weekend. Most of the sets are up there, and I'll tell you what, my buddy Mike Distelkamp, old hardcore kid from Long Island. he uh was kidding a kid. He actually uh he actually edited it and filmed it for me. And the guy's a pro, I'm telling you. So a lot of kids don't even know about it. But if you go to our Vimeo page and you search the judge set, Kill Your Idol set was bananas. That shit was wild. It, um and we actually, you know, that was probably my highlight. That year was probably my highlight just because of the emotion behind that and and uh the only, you know getting really really like mike just explaining the you know the stuff that he never told anybody i got to listen to and uh you know i'll never forget it and mike has become a close friend he you know you know closer than ever with with a bunch of us uh guys with the radio show that we did on east village radio you know uh which richie you were part of was pretty cool and um you know, that was probably one of the highlights, the top ones. So, yeah, that, that was such a great performance. And then, yeah, I love that radio show, man. That was so, that was so awesome. Like the vibe and the location, it's unreal. <laughs> and you made Dude, me such, you made me like a it. monster for little Frankie's, the restaurant next door. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm there. I hit a one. Come a on. How good was that food there? Yeah, it's great. Oh my God. I, 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 Come during on. The, during the pandemic, so many- <laughs> I've been there. I don't know how many times. And I, 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 in my head, it's like, I got to keep these guys open. Meanwhile, they don't need me. You know, this guy's like world renowned, but I got to make sure that I love that food there. Yeah. Those days were great, man. That was a fun time. Radio show. First Avenue, you know, right on the street like that. You can't, you, we had a good times down there. That was good food. We ate like fucking pigs too. (laughs) Great times, man. Listen, Joe, you got to do me a favor because, uh, you got to sit in with me another time. And maybe okay. a face to face when you get a chance, you know, I'll come your way, whatever. Yeah, I was actually wanting. I rather would do that. Tell you the truth, that's what I was looking. To, I thought maybe we'd work that out, but whenever you want, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I, to. We, I haven't done a face to face one on this thing in about a year, to be honest. Because well, yeah, you know, you know the situation. Sorry. But it's like I, I know you're not the most computer savvy guy, so I appreciate you even just doing it this way. You know what I mean? At last minute, so. But we need to get yeah. more detailed, and uh, I yeah, we'll do it in person. We could meet a little. I could set us up, 
talk to the owner of Little Frankie's. We can get a spot in Little Frankie's and do it while we're eating after we eat or something. You know, oh, that could be dope. So just, yeah, yeah. Frank, Frank's good people, man. I love Frank. Yeah, they Much got like respect a little to Frank upstairs, right? Yeah, if you've got a little room anywhere, I'll just bring my. Yeah, he'll give us set up. But he'll probably let us do whatever we want. I mean, you know, but uh, he's got a couple, you know, a couple things going. He actually was trying to open up a couple of other restaurants in the city, but they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't allow him to do it. So, Motherfucker! Uh, I know. How do you turn that guy down? Every place he opens is is gold. It's like what? But uh, yeah, no, but it's Joe, listen. Get, the city. The him. city Tell him me and you will run a spot for him. Yo, Richie, Richie, how great would that be? We could nah, do we wouldn't make any podcast. money. We would make nothing. We'd be like eating all the food. <laughs> and sleeping in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the city's been crazy. I went to a, I went to uh, the park. I went out to a couple parks. People are outside hanging out. People are starting to come out, get fresh air. Beautiful. You know, um, you know, we're gonna have we, you know we got an outdoor event coming up hopefully at the end of April. So uh, yeah, hopefully uh, yeah, we'll work. We got something in the works. So if anybody's uh, interested, uh, you know, we can't mention anything yet. But outdoors, New York City, the last weekend of April. So if you outdoor uh, New York City, last weekend of April, and maybe they'll just look look at your pages for any updates if this is gonna happen. Yeah, I I would keep an eye out on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages, B and B Productions. Yeah, we're gonna definitely drop some shit. We got a uh, got a cool flyer getting done up, um, nice. and uh, we're gonna do an outdoor event. It's legit. I tell people, you know, listen if you if you're nervous and you got any questions about going out, stay the fuck home. Yeah. Don't or come. If you got a fever, you stay c- home. If you're nervous, well, you yeah, fever, stay home. But uh, it's going to be pretty iconic and uh, some really good bands to play. So, yeah, if anybody's looking to go see some music, last week in April, New York City, you'll hear something uh, when the time is right. Beautiful. Hey, Joe, listen, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate this. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker. Who the fuck you think you in? This is post-America. You ain't shit, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>